Welcome to the Wounded Healers Podcast. I'm Janessa. And I'm Amy. We were brought together by our shared wound of an autoimmune condition in our early 20s. This is a place where we explore our wounds with our listeners and guests who recognize the challenges of being human in hopes of helping all of us let let the light light in. in. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Wounded Healers podcast. Hi Janessa. Hey Amy and hello everyone. We're excited to be back here another week with you. Um, yeah, I guess we will just, should we just jump into hot or not? Just like that. Heaven forbid we tell them about the weather where we are. I know we won't, we won't (laughs) put you through it today. (laughs) However, our hot or not is on Stanley cups today and really the Stanley cups that are kind of huge here in the U S at least. Um, are they getting big over there for you, Amy? Well, we have seen them all over tiktok they are literally mm-hmm. absolutely insepid all over tiktok like they're all i've seen everyone's been carrying them but i actually don't think they've been available to buy in the uk for mm-hmm. until like up until the last month which makes sense if you think about the unprecedented demand that they've probably been trying to meet <laughs> in america oh yeah like uh, they probably had to think a bit before they um were able to get them out here but um Yes, I know what they are. I've seen them, but I don't. I'm not sure where I can pick one up personally. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good for me to note. I want to note for oh. for you <laughs> if you think they're hot. <laughs> so no, I I personally think these Stanley cups are hot, okay. and I have fully fallen for the trend. I own two of them. Why do I need oh. two? I don't. I really don't. But one is like lavender purple, and one is this like really kind of. It's like an ugly, cute green. I don't know. Yeah, it's like yeah. more like a, I don't know. Some days I see it and I'm like, damn, that's cute. And other days I'm like, oh, I don't know this one. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I wouldn't go back and get that if it were me buying it now. But I do love that it keeps drinks warm and I like that it keeps the drinks really cold. It's kind of like a hydro flask in that way. Mm. But that handle, okay, that handle is made for RA girlies. Because really? you can get your whole hand, like you can get your whole hand in there and the handle will just rest in your palm. So it's like not on your aching fingers. It Interesting. So I absolutely love it for that. Because that is exactly what I was going to ask you. I was going to be like, doesn't it, isn't it really heavy? It is, yeah. Yeah, so you don't want to, I would think like, oh, I don't want to carry around something really heavy. Mm -hmm. But no, it's doable with the handle. It is doable with the handle. And I like it because you can just like slide your hand through it and, you know, get off the door with your cup. (laughs) Um, (laughs) your, Your big old cup of water. Also, I feel like hydration is, you know, something I'm always working on. I'm definitely yeah. not, you know, the best at hydrating throughout the day. <laughs> so just having it there is kind of nice because most of them have yeah. straws and then that makes it yeah. more like, if there's a straw, I'm more likely to drink out of it. I don't know why. I, I absolutely love straws. I mm-hmm. love straws. I was like, well, this is because I still have the the one that we got, remember, from that camping co-op yes, on the way to yes. Yosemite. And I feel like this is as good I mean it's not as vibey but like oh. it's got the straw it keeps things so nicely cold it mm-hmm. does the Stanley Cup seal completely like can you like throw it mm, it does good question yeah. oh, um, you don't some do and um, some don't yeah. so you can you can buy depending on your yeah. Stanley experience <laughs> 
Um, okay, interesting. I think I've got, I do think I've got enough information. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I'm going to be mean again. Go. And this is it, like exactly it. what I said about the pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> is it not a bit too basic? basic? <laughs> yeah. I I don't disagree, but I'm full in for this basicness. I absolutely love this trend. I think it's hot. I think it's hot, and I think if I send you a Stanley, you might you might change your mind. Who okay, knows? I think I would think it was hot inside the home, so that mm-hmm. I could keep hydrated. But I would not want to be seen with it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> It's like, I absolutely, completely understand the practical uh-huh. uses, but I just think, yeah, I couldn't see myself walking around with it. Oh, womp womp. Well, you never know until you try. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> You're like, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, I like that. That was honest. We got a hot and a cold. And I want to hear, I want to hear from our listeners on this, actually. I would be so entertained. If you enjoy Stanley's, let us know. And if you don't, let us know. Yeah. That's a (laughs) (laughs) win-win. Which camp are you in? Um, Yeah, yeah, who knows? We say this, probably give me like another five months where everyone in the UK has got their own Stanley Cup (laughs) and you'll see me, you'll see me walking around with it. Yes. Okay. We'll see. We'll catch up with the with the folks yeah. then. <laughs> you guys an update. <laughs> well, yes. But today's topic, I won't put us through like a dad joke to get us there. But oh. today's topic is on how to talk to your doctor or your healthcare mm. professional. And um, this is a request Amy and I got from a friend. So that is really exciting. Um, yeah. I think it's easy to forget after a while of, you know, being in and out of seeing doctors like that at one point this may have felt uncomfortable or unfamiliar to a lot of us Mm. so yeah yeah they do feel very when you first start seeing a doctor about something chronic Mm -hmm. they do feel very like alien yeah and then like the more you see doctors and healthcare other healthcare professionals the more you Mm -hmm. like become at ease but I do remember like almost like my rheumatologist was like a, a savior to me. Yeah. Like a literal, yeah, really interesting. I think also cause he was like an older guy and mm. I was like a young girl that was very like, help me. <laughs> help, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, maybe starting from like first appointment, um, I guess I have some kind of some kind of information on that that I think could be helpful for your listeners. If you are like newly diagnosed with an autoimmune disease um, and or like a chronic illness, when you have your first appointment um, and let's say you suspect this has been going on, it can be really easy, I think, to become overwhelmed if you do get a diagnosis. Um, so mm-hmm. I would highly suggest when you go in, go in with a notepad or go in with um, someone you trust, yeah. like a family member or a friend, because when you get a diagnosis, it's very easy to kind of almost disassociate for a moment mm-hmm. and kind yeah. of fade away after you get those words. Um, and like not being dramatic, like it literally, you're just hey, like, you, your body's like, what? Yeah. You can have like a full on blackout. Like I yeah. have, I think I've blacked out at multiple appointments, truly. 
yeah, it's just a lot for the body, I think, to take. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot for the mind to wrap its, you know, wrap around. So having someone you love there and or being able to take some like bullet point notes on your paper Mm -hmm. is very helpful um, for first appointments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice to have someone with you like in the waiting room and just like going to like even parking like in the UK Mm -hmm. parking at the hospital is an absolute bitch so like (laughs) it's just really nice if you're like to have someone that can like park your car if you're running late and stuff just yeah Mm -hmm. it's just really helpful when you're getting into the swing of it to have someone else with you 100% yeah Yeah, you're so right because yeah that highlights like nervousness there are Mm -hmm. nerves around your first appointment Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not you do get a diagnosis there can even be nerves like if you are feeling just awful and you're saying hey we didn't see anything on your labs like that also can make you kind of shut down for some time during that appointment Mm -hmm. so having support and feeling supported you're right like I didn't even think about that that is so helpful to have someone to park the car whatever way you can take stress off yourself in that time yeah is a win Mm -hmm. that's a win Mm -hmm. yeah and let's be honest a lot of people have probably been to hospitals before in their life for traumatic reasons Mm. as well like sick family members or like dying family members other times that you've been sick previously you know like Mm. they're not joyful places (laughs) no matter how many like bits of creepy artwork they put on the walls like there's not really much you can do has that carried over to the uk as well and or to hear from the uk because doctor's office art it's like either very outdated i've noticed or just weird i'm like what what is this like elephant with like a monkey yeah an animal theme that is always Mm -hmm. an animal theme um Mm -hmm. yeah so again it's just nice to have someone to like just make it feel less clinical as well Mm -hmm. definitely yeah i guess perception too um of a doctor's is really important um and yeah amy i think you know before this episode we were kind of talking about some key points we wanted to touch on and amy had some pretty good points around like the way you perceive your physician i thought that was really helpful yeah so i think um you can when you when you first meet your doctor it can feel like oh you are in charge and you know everything and I'm just like a weakling like a first <laughs> a weakling like that is kind <laughs> of like how, what I thought at first and then like as time goes on you obviously do especially if you're lucky enough to like work with one physician consistently you could definitely mm-hmm. like build up a good rapport um but it's oftentimes when you're just going in for me like when I'm like having my bloods done or I'm just like seeing like a healthcare Mm -hmm. assistant not someone that I have rapport with just a new person to me that they I've they can feel really like negative and dismissive and like they can make you feel like you're in the way or like you're a pain in their ass and you're like sorry that I'm just here for my scheduled appointment yeah. that I didn't even ask for like you're like you think I want to be here you think I want to be here because like don't um but yeah so when you, you can come across those people and they can be really jarring and it can mm-hmm. be really uncomfortable something I like to try and remember is at some point in their career they were just someone that wanted to help people like that's how you get into any sort of medical field it's because there's something inside of you that wants to make other people's lives better and wants to help Mm -hmm. them and wants to heal them and 
I think just trying to keep that front of mind because obviously the longer they've worked in the medical field, probably the the more resentment they build up towards it, I guess, or whatever, yeah. whatever it is, whatever is going on for them personally. Like there is just a person inside of them who wants to help. And mm-hmm. even if it isn't maybe coming across like that with you on that day, um, it is something to bear in mind. Yeah, no, that's so important because it comes back to, I know we talked about this in earlier episodes, but it comes back to a lens of compassion for people. Mm. And like, I think that that's, in many ways it can be a two-way street with your doctor like in in showing them that you appreciate their time I think that a lot of times that kind of sets the tone for how your interactions will go with them Mm -hmm. um and again there are exceptions which you know we've heard about (laughs) which I talked about in rock climbing episode where you know I had a rheumatologist very briefly who was like nope you're not going to be able to climb like ever and like that's a joke blah blah blah. so there are there are doctors like that yeah but I love what you're saying Amy because for every one doctor like that there are so many more doctors that actually care who really do want to help you I love that and I think you know along those lines of how we view our doctors and our physicians and you know medical professionals is um essentially also there's how would I say this I think the best way to say it is when you are dealing with something that's chronic and it's going to be possibly lifelong or extended for a very long time I think that is a whole new field in the medical field like Mm. they're still learning a lot about autoimmune diseases and in that way I think it's very important what your doctor has to tell you and I think you should value it and take things into consideration but also note that if you are dealing with something that is long-term, like you will be with yourself more than your doctor will be with you. So it's important that you take ownership and agency over, you know, really keeping track of how you're feeling mm-hmm. and what might be triggering inflammation for you because your doctor wants to support you, but they can't be there for you every single second. Yeah. So you you will have to help them out. That's why it's called like a care team. It's a teamwork. You're mm-hmm. actually a part of the team. So yeah. I, I think that's important to note too mm-hmm. when you're working with your doctor is, you know, really work with them so they can work with you. Yeah. Yeah, you do have to. I kind of toe the line between being like, yeah, I really encourage you to learn everything about your illness because I think that can be really overwhelming mm-hmm. and scary. Um, yeah. so part of me is just like don't research it at all and just take your meds and pretend it's not happening like I also mm-hmm. I do I do like that theory as well but yeah. I think there's your doctor can't know everything about mm-hmm. your disease and you never know like you might be the first person that's having a specific symptom or whatever associated with your disease and there's been a few times where I've brought something up and they've been like, oh, that's nothing to do with RA. And then I've like mm-hmm. Googled it and it absolutely is something to do with RA. Like there yeah. are, you know, multiple like published mm-hmm. research papers about it. So to yeah. kind of take what they say with a pinch of salt because they they can't know everything. You can maybe kind mm-hmm. of see them as a transactional situation to get the drugs. And that's that. Yep. <laughs> they're your dealer. They're, they're legally <laughs> legal dealers. Yeah, you know, like yeah, they're uh-huh. they're legally allowed to sign you off on the meds, but there's a whole mm-hmm. world of 
research and information mm. out there thanks to the internet um where you can treat yourself kind of through mm-hmm. elements as well yeah you can like find little aspects that call to you in your journey mm-hmm. that way I love that and like I think that's a big thing too is recognizing you know who is the professional you're seeing so like my rheumatologist I had for a while was amazing um but her role in my care team was really more of like giving prescriptions for medicine doing um you know steroid injections getting fluid out but I found when I really wanted someone with more kind of a like more of a rounded kind of spiritual emotional aspect that came from a therapist so it's like there's all these different components to your care team that Mm. it can seem very daunting at first when you're first diagnosed but just note that you know it's not just you and this one doctor forever you can always change doctors and you can always add people in like that's the kind of beauty is like the more you're able to add people in if you are able to do that at the time whether it be healthcare professionals or like we said a very close friend who's able to hold space for you at that time yeah like that broadens the net for when you feel like you're falling back it Mm -hmm. really does Mm -hmm. yeah when you feel like your needs aren't being met by the person that you're talking to you really don't have you're not trapped in Mm -hmm. to, to staying with them as Janessa exampled when she left her doctor before and I think, and I'm pretty sure that's even true in England, because obviously, like with you guys, mm-hmm. you really do like you're you're fully like employing them. But here, yeah. it's just kind of a little bit more like you get what you're given. But um, I actually like don't be afraid to make a complaint as well. I made a full oh. complaint. I filled in a form and like dobbed someone in um, just the other week because they um, I had my bloods mm-hmm. done and she blew my. She blew my vein, which literally happens all the time. Oh. But it was so bad. It was like half my forearm was this horrendous bruise. Um, I think I saw that yeah. on Instagram. I was like, oh no, and it got so sweet much, Amy. It got so much worse. After. That was like the day after, you know, like how a bruise develops. It got so much oh. worse than I put on Instagram. Um, but so she did that and she didn't even do the right tests. She didn't even oh. test my... Um, so I always have a full blood count when mm-hmm. I get my bloods done and she didn't do it. She just did CRP. That's never happened oh. in my entire life. And the whole thing we needed to test was my supposed anemia. But, um, anemia. but anyway, so mm-hmm. I um, complained about her, literally put her name, put what she did mm-hmm. wrong, fact she didn't even do my test properly. Um, and then I yeah. and then I left the doctor. <laughs> like I've actually joined a new doctors now. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, um, I haven't been yet, but yeah, I've joined a new one. First step. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important mm-hmm. to, to, like, you should be holding them to account because if they're not doing their job properly mm-hmm. with you, there could be other people that they're not doing their job properly with. Yeah. And, like, they they have to get the basic shit right. Like, they're dealing with people's health. Like, they're opening people up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not, they're not, like, selling clothes, you know. Like, yeah. they can't they can't be performing at a subpar level so yeah yeah make sure you know how to complain about people as well yeah I think that's really good I think that's good because one I note that as a recovering people pleaser that's hard for me but two I recognize that there is 
really kind of a gift in letting people know areas Mm. that need improvement because then like you were saying when it's um like a group or a doctor who's working with a lot of people there's probably people like me out there who are like I won't say anything and suffer in silence you know but like when people actually speak up it can change the quality of like the work that goes in so I agree with you yeah speak up for for your experiences yeah Mm -hmm. it's really scary to think of all the people that have had negative experiences and don't Mm -hmm. can't express themselves about it and just like Uh, yeah that scares me same yeah and I I was also going to say in terms of like choosing a new doctor so like we just said like in the U.S. it's a little bit different but my kind of the way I thought about it and it really came from my husband was Mm. you know like I am paying monthly into this insurance and I've chosen the insurance I want through the company I work from and or for and the doctor I was seeing I just I kind of stuck myself with him I was like oh he's the worst and I like cried he was just so rude to me and like Mm -hmm. demeaning and kind of hopeless and so I really felt like "Uh uh-oh this is my cards like this is who I've got and my husband was like babe like you you your doctor works for you you're paying him and I was like wait what is, wait a sec what <laughs> you know and um yeah. it's like any other service like if you had a nail tech who did your nails horribly or you had an eyebrow waxer who like waxed off half your eyebrow you probably wouldn't keep going to those people right because yeah. you're paying for that service so same with your doctor if it's someone who you just absolutely don't click with trust your gut there are other people out yeah. there um yeah so yeah I believe in you Mm -hmm. that's just made me think of something it's a bit of a tangent but I think it'll be useful for listeners Mm -hmm. obviously you're potentially gonna lose your job hopefully not but that's Mm -hmm. happening within your business yeah is that gonna impact your health insurance and are you worried about that like what's the situation Yeah. yeah no that's very real and like that is one thing that worries me about a lot of people in the United States is like Mm. people who fall on hard times or you know temporarily thankfully you know I will get another job but like um if needed but you know there will be a time where I'll be uninsured and during that time I have to make sure that I have enough of my Simsia to inject and go like at least a month without it um otherwise you pay out of pocket which is like just I think above a thousand dollars for a month of it um so yeah there's also something called Cobra you can get in the United States Uh there's also Medi-Cal through California but those are all programs that are not long term and actually you have to be really careful when you use those because if you use things like Medi-Cal or your state's insurance um while you're going through a time of like low income the second you make more money than you um, applied for it with they start to charge you differently okay. so you have to be really careful with those that's so just kind of a little shout out to our U.S. listeners <laughs> be yeah. mindful of that but yeah no it is scary it's weird yeah. it's a weird um, it's a weird spot to be in knowing that like it's almost like this strange cycle like in order to receive the medication that makes you feel like you can just function at yeah. a basic level not even very well <laughs> but at a basic level that you have to literally like work your ass off or you have to have a husband or a wife or a partner who has you on their insurance and that is hard if you're not married in the U.S. they make it 
very difficult for you to add someone on the insurance okay Mm -hmm. so if like absolute worst case scenario i'm not calling this into your life i swear i'm just interested go for it (laughs) if if zach got a new job and you didn't Mm -hmm. he you'd be able to get stuff through his insurance most likely yeah yeah yeah. exactly so yep so how how terrifying to be a single person in california that has a chronic illness and you lose your job like how the hell I don't know. And that, you know, that's another topic. Like you can actually talk to your doctor about these things. Like if you still have health insurance and you are facing, you know, not being with your work anymore, talk to your doctor about it. Say like, hey, I'm really stressed out about this. Like I'm going to be starting a new employment over here or I'm not sure what's going to happen because if you do have open conversations with your doctors not always but sometimes they have kind of a grandfathered in program where in the future if they don't necessarily accept that insurance at that clinic if you've been a long-standing patient of theirs sometimes they can make exceptions with the insurance saying hey she's done so well since she first started four years ago and she shouldn't have to restart. So that's something that you can kind of fend for. Like you can talk to your doctor. Say if you really like your doctor, say like, I'm kind of worried I'm gonna lose you as my doctor and here's what might happen. And they might be able to kind of look out for you a little bit more on that end. Okay, interesting. Mm Right, sorry yeah. for a tangent, but I just no. was like, that's... Um, that's yeah. important. That, that's that's definitely something people face and something mm. that is good to talk to your doctor about. Like, And it's not a comfortable thing, you know, but, no, but it's yeah. real. Yeah. And um, another thing I was going to say, too, is a lot of listeners, and I'm sure we've experienced this, too, is like if you are not sure about a medication that your doctor is introducing you to in the appointment like I've said it before and I'll say it again you do not have to agree to anything at that moment yeah you don't have to you can actually ask for more literature you can ask for uh, resources like people you can talk to on the phone who work at that doctor's office like a nurse and or um, someone who's like a medical assistant to talk to you more about side effects and or long-term, you know, use of that medication. Mm -hmm. And that's appropriate. I think it's very easy to feel flustered during an appointment and to say, okay, yeah, I'll just do that. And I have been there, done that, but also just, you know, know that you do not have to agree upon anything right then and there. You can take your time to make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. And And, and nothing's... (laughs) Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> no, you go, you go. Uh, I was going to say um, that one way that could sound like, like if you're thinking, okay, that sounds great, but how do I actually say that to my doctor? Mm-hmm. Is you could literally say to your doctor, um, thank you so much. I would like to take some time to consider that. Is there any particular sources that you would suggest for me to educate myself about this? That is kind it's to the point and your doctor's not going to be like no no you you can't take time to think or like no you i won't put you in the direction of literature no no doctor's going to do that to you so yeah yeah no that's um yeah it's good advice and i was gonna say nothing's permanent as well Mm -hmm. so like even if you say yes and then you change your mind like fuck it Mm -hmm. as we said before they are working for you like how many times at work have you have you thought you'd got something signed off with someone and then they're like actually no like feel free to do that to your doctor as well 
Yeah. No, truly. Yeah. So those are some ways around like your medication but the other thing too is like keeping track of your symptoms so Mm. when you go to a doctor's appointment if it's not your initial one i think it's very important and really exercises your relationship with yourself to be keeping track of your own experiences around inflammation like what you're eating and it doesn't have to be super detailed but just maybe if you notice you're inflamed one day just write it down try and recall what you've eaten Mm. um keep a log of that and where you're feeling your aches um it's yeah so, do you it's so hard uh-huh. to remember like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on the way to the hospital and I'm like yeah I'm gonna talk about this I'm gonna talk about this and then I get in there mm-hmm. and I literally mentioned nothing <laughs> nothing yeah. um so it's like you feeling okay I'm like yeah and then he's like great, great bye <laughs> like oh actually um but yeah so you the, the, I highly highly recommend um keeping a track of things I made my downloadable pdf like one of the reasons i made that was specifically for this Mm -hmm. like it has like a every month there's a um like a picture of a naked woman that you can draw on in terms of like what's been hurting so if you know Mm -hmm. you have a specific joint that's been playing up you can do that because that's i don't know how i always forget it or it always seems to me like if i'm going to the hospital say every like nine months Mm -hmm. it will be the month before that I lit I have like the peak health and I even if like for like three months I've been really struggling something about the timing of it I feel great and I present really well so he's like Mm -hmm. yeah like you don't have a single bit of swelling (laughs) and I'm like oh yeah but I did I was feeling bad um so yeah writing a log of it every month is really good so you can download that at um, rheumatoidgirls.com but there are also good apps I remember like when I was first Mm -hmm. being diagnosed I was keeping a track of it on an app and that has a similar thing where you can pinpoint specifically which joints are hurting and stuff and so there's loads of different options of how you can keep track of it yeah and I think of that like I try and see that from the lens of a doctor who really does care like and is very active in your health journey like for someone to show up with materials and be like hey I've actually kept track of these like like I could just imagine that would be really I don't know that would probably warm my heart if I was a doctor I'd be like oh sweet okay let me take a look at those like let's go over that you know so yeah and I agree because it's really easy to forget like we said about the first appointment with any appointment it's really easy to feel like I'm fine like and to say I'm fine it's just kind of a reaction to things but Mm -hmm. if you can present some things about times you weren't feeling very fine it can help your care team kind of narrow things down or decide if they want to order other tests for you yeah and you'll Um, be surprised mm -hmm. at the things that they pick up on as as well like even like mentioning things that you're like you think it's a minor and then that well like the old mm-hmm. finger from the surgery episode where I was like this isn't is this normal is it not and they were like no it's not normal and um, yeah. so yeah like it is worth mentioning things because like god knows mm-hmm. like I literally could have walked around with that finger sticking up for like years yeah. I literally could have if I hadn't mentioned it um because I was you know underplaying it so yeah you never know what's worth mentioning Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring bring it up, and also things like, um, for example, things like apps. And I don't know necessarily for the UK, but like in the US, if you have Kaiser, which is the like a private insurance slash 
it's a bunch of hospitals throughout the U.S. and offices, doctors, doctors offices. Um, but they have programs through this app called Calm, and it's a meditation app. So actually, there's certain like, oops, sorry, I hit my microphone. Hey, <laughs> there's certain. Um, apps that are really helpful but they're covered by a lot of insurances and it's really hard to know about this unless you know and the best way to do that is just ask your healthcare team you can let them know that you're interested in the benefits of meditating or you're interested in the benefits of like anything that has to do with health and ask if you know if they know if you're covered for any of those apps under your insurance because your insurance will sometimes just pay for them another thing to know is like um with with ailments that would be better off with you actually moving the joints and or working out sometimes you can talk to your doctor and this isn't always but doctors are able to prescribe a um, workout membership so just in the u.s they're able to so if you bring that up and say you know if working out with like an elliptical or cross trainer you called it i love that or cross trainer like if that really is what would be good for your knee you can ask your doctor say like hey the you know do you know if my insurance covers any of the local gyms because they do a lot of insurances do and a lot of people don't know about that but you're in the u.s you're at least already paying for it so you might as well use it that's very cool i don't think Mm -hmm. that goes here but very cool dang okay well well folks (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say something else it might be a bit controversial oh but I think I'm ready try try to go into your appointment like as positive as you can like because that as much as I'm saying like they they can be miserable or like they can make it really hard like I think be self-aware and check yourself on whether mm-hmm. you're being a helpful patient and like it doesn't it doesn't hurt to like try and have a bit of a good time <laughs> if you mm-hmm. can like it does make it, it makes them care a bit more about you like rightly wrongly like if you can build up a good rapport they're gonna enjoy their time with you more mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about that statement Janessa because I know like should be like they should everyone should get equal care but I think if you just lay on the the energetic yeah 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 you're right no I I actually agree with you I think energetically like when you go in with your best foot forward yeah I think there's a few steps before you go into the doctor's office to get you there but it might mean like taking a few minutes to take some really good deep breaths Mm -hmm. it also might mean like drinking some water so you are not dehydrated at the time of your appointment it might mean using the bathroom right before your appointment so you don't feel like you have to use the bathroom the whole time you're in your appointment <laughs> yeah. but there's like little things that we can do to kind of pre-create the experience of being um our best selves in that moment yeah you know and um our best selves doesn't have to be a false self it yeah. can be just a self of gratitude which is what i like you're you're saying it's like an energetic of you're going in there you are bringing in curiosity instead of fear and instead of like anger you're also bringing in um, empowerment like wanting to understand Mm. so also part of curiosity and I think through curiosity and openness it allows your care team to yeah to have a deeper connection with you because they might feel more open to suggesting other methods of healing yeah because I mean truthfully there are some folks and there's nothing wrong with this 
who are there and they're like, I just want my meds. I don't want to hear about this yoga class or anything that you're going to talk about with exercise. And, and that's what they want. And then if you want a different experience, maybe coming in just a little differently from another angle and just say like, thank you so much for, you know, letting me know about this medication. You know, I'm curious to know, like Mm. any, do you have any feedback in this area? Yeah. And just being open. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I remember one time, again, it was, I was having my bloods done um, mm-hmm. and the when the woman that was doing it smelled so good. Like she had a really nice fragrance on mm-hmm. and I was like, what are you wearing? It smells incredible in here. Um, and she was like, oh, it's Chanel. She like told me which Chanel it was and she sprayed it on me. Well, oh. like after she'd done, have my, well, after I'd had my bloods out and I was like, what a great, this, this has been great. <laughs> I've had a great time, you know, so just like offering, Mm -hmm. you know, offering, obviously be careful who you tell smells nice. (laughs) Could be be seen as a a bit strange, maybe. But um, yeah, (laughs) just like, yeah, yeah, it can just help you have a better experience. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And um, yeah, I would say to wrap that up, too, is like with your healthcare team like also know that you can reach out to them usually by phone or email Mm -hmm. like if you're not actively seeing them and and take advantage of that because that's what it's there for um so yeah so if you need to reach out to them do that and of course you know like we said you're gonna you're gonna grow throughout your health journey Mm -hmm. and you're gonna be adding new people and professionals and friends to your care team yeah and um that's something to kind of look forward to. It's kind of like a fine wine in a way. Like once you find a really good care team where you have like a great medical doctor, yeah. maybe you're seeing an acupuncturist, maybe a therapist, or maybe it's a great medical doctor and a really good set of friends. When you get that care team going, it can just feel so relieving, you know? Yeah. 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 And there is to an extent, um, there is always more they can do for you as well. Yeah. Like, don't settle for, mm-hmm. like, the the first generic, like, blurb that they come out with or, like, the first mm-hmm. experience. Um, because, like, to an extent, I mean, obviously, if you're, like, absolutely, like, neurotic, then there, there might not be any more that they can do for you. <laughs> but, like, there's always, yeah, there's always something else they can try or there's always another option. So, you know, it is, you can get to where you want to get to and don't give up like don't settle be like oh Mm -hmm. I think this is like as good as it's gonna get because yeah it's not Mm -hmm. they've always got something else up their sleeve you just have to make them give it to you yeah also like things that just reminded me too if you go into your appointment with like a small list of things that you have questions about like what is the best topical cream you Mm -hmm. can ask like what would you recommend for like just at like your regular old store what can I buy topically and or you can even ask like what are good shoes like mm-hmm. if I have RA or what's the best brace like weirdly people kind of light up when they hear those questions I feel like because they've seen so many people come through and they hear from people like oh this brace was awful or this one was really yeah. good and so they're able to be like oh like this one um you should try this one and so yeah mm-hmm. get the most you can out of it and um I just love what you said earlier. Like at the end of the day, like your doctor is a human being and started out of a place of wanting to help others. And that is a very powerful, um, powerful thing. Yeah, yeah. that's in them. 
and it, mm-hmm. you it is always you can always say no and you can always leave mm-hmm. and you should like rather than letting yourself have a bad experience or like mm-hmm. if you feel if, if it's bad vibes just leave yeah yes mm-hmm. don't Absolutely. Put, don't put yourself through discomfort yeah and trust your gut like like you're yeah. saying even if you just can't even put your finger on why it's a bad vibe even if this doctor comes like with great recommendation if it's just not the good fit for you it's just not the right fit you know yeah. um so yeah but yeah don't be afraid to talk to your doctor and if you are afraid to talk to your doctor I think that's a sign yeah. that's time for a new doctor <laughs> yeah great mm-hmm. advice exactly yeah. that exactly yeah. that okay well yeah so we hope you guys enjoyed that and um we're wishing you all you know lots of love and lots of you know empowerment in your health journeys Mm. and the way that you interact with your care team so yeah remember to like amy said go in with open-mindedness with love Mm -hmm. but also to hold those like really nice boundaries around how you want to be treated and how you want to be cared for yes beautifully said you just sum that up so nicely Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we will see you again in two weeks. And until then, remember to let the light in. Bye. Bye.